Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season three of the pod, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. Lots of beer. Lots of beer, JR. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by one of the most consistent players, and some might say the fastest golfer in Manitoba, Justin McDonald. He's a regular and money putter, and he was crowned Golf Manitoba Male Amateur Golfer of the Year in 2018. Well, we're back on the Zoom, so Studio Z. I guess you can call it, Mike. We've been trying to keep track of our studios and which studio is what. We've done a bit of Zoom, had to do Zoom during COVID, but uh, this one, just the way schedules work out, uh, and we're super excited to have this man on. We were just talking before we started recording here. uh, We've been trying to get him on since season one, or at least Corey has at Breezy Ben. So shout out to Corey, trying to get us hooked up here with J-Mac. But we really appreciate you coming on the show, and we also appreciate... Bryce Malashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. You can also check out our fancy link tree by going to our bios in our, our bio in our social media pages. And we have all of Bryce's info there. Takes you right to him. You can leave a tip for us there, not just a golf tip. If you want to do that, that's cool too, but also a monetary tip. So Mike actually visited our link tree and found out that, yes, you can actually donate to the cause so we can buy more hats Mm. and sell them to you. Have we got any tips yet? We have not. No, we're just selling hats. (laughs) Just been selling hats. And thank you to the, uh, our, our loyal fans for, for buying some hats. We got three different colors of snapbacks and we got some flex fits and, and all sorts of stuff. So thanks for the uh, the listeners that, that put the orders in. And uh, we got a few more left. So get at us before King Eric buys them all. You think he bought four of them. So Yeah, I was going crazy. He kept on DMing us. So that's how you, if you want a hat, DM us in either Instagram, Facebook, whatever might be MySpace if you got it. And fax we'll in order. Fax. If you fax in order to us, <laughs> I think we'll we'll give you a promo code. <laughs> we'll have to get uh, this man a hat. I don't know. Are you a hat guy, J Mac, or no? Uh, you might have to find a large size, though. But <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll so it's for, you. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so the the press really came on uh, for us to get you on the show because you recently played men's opening, members opening, whatever it is at Breezy, and he ended up getting in a group, or I guess my father-in-law got in a group with you. You were probably the ringer of that group, Danger Dave. So you've probably seen him on our Instagram. You've probably heard us talk about Danger Dave. And he came back. He's like, have you got 
this Justin McDonald guy on your podcast before? <laughs> and I was like, no, not yet. He's like, I have never seen someone hit the ball so far and so straight. So there you go. You got the nod from my father-in-law. So now you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure Corey had something to do with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Corey promised me uh, four free passes if we get you. <laughs> I actually he doubled down. He said eight. Eight. Perfect. That's that's yeah. good. Does, He's uh, got enough of them. Does it say Danger Dave on the T-sheet at Breezy? No, it did not. <laughs> we should. Though. But he's a great guy. Yeah, well, I got the chance to play with him last weekend, I believe it was. And it was beautiful weather. We held up the course a little bit, so that was fun. But Corey said, hey, looks like you guys got a special guest. And they were referring to me. I was that special guest, and I was uh, happy to see him. And also want to give kudos, Chris, the head pro there, who we've had on the show. We've also had Corey from Breezy on the show. They're putting on a junior girls clinic, and there must have been about 15, ooh, 7 to 12-year-olds that were there. It was great to see. Uh, Chris made me move down the range, so I almost fought him. But you know what? It was for junior golf, so I moved down the range, and all was good. But it was great to see, uh, great to see the little ones out there, out there golfing. But let's get into the show. Let's go back in time and talk about how you got into golf. How'd you get into golf, J-Mac? Well, I was 13, which is a long time ago, and just I was playing baseball at the time, and then there was a bunch of us that uh, joined Glendale. Uh, Jim Steep was the head pro at the time. I'm the same age as Andrew Steep, who's the head pro at Southwood. And there was a bunch of us that lived in Charleswood that all joined at the same time, same age. And then we met Mike Goldberg from there. There were some other guys from River Heights, but the majority of us were from Charleswood. Jordan Ratchie, Brett Gavriloff, Justin Price, myself, and Andrew Steep. We all grew up together, so yeah. And we all played, and we practiced around the Glendale Greens back in the day till dark, basically, chipping, putting. Craziest shots you could find on every green, so. Do you remember any of those crazy shots or no? Because I'm sure you, yeah, knowing, like, knowing that group probably would have been pretty crazy. Yeah, so like uh, we go to like three at Glendale or 16 at Glendale and just find the craziest shots you can imagine to some of the slopiest greens on the golf course, right? So it was fun. And the staff didn't really appreciate it when we're out there till 9.30, 10 <laughs> o'clock at night just doing basically nothing. But Look at you now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well worth I it. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Learned your lesson. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's interesting, yeah. Going uh, out there with uh, with Steep, uh, were was there ever a point at that time playing with either those guys, or did you play a lot of competitive tournaments as a junior? Was there a time when you realized that you're actually pretty good at golf? Well, I actually didn't really do anything when I was a junior. I Brett Gavriloff was probably the best out of all of us when we were a junior. He made a bunch of juvenile teams and everything, and then yeah, I didn't really do much until after I was 18. I won a couple junior like they used to have this junior tour back when it was called the Wilson junior tour. I won a couple or I think it was five in one year, one day events, but again, it was only one day. So anyone can play good on one day. But after that, that was like when I was 17. And then, yeah, after that, I didn't really do much until 2015, I guess. So that was seven years after I was a junior. So. Do you remember what you were playing with? Were you playing with Wilson fat shafts for the Wilson tour? I could not tell you what clubs I had back then. <laughs> Can you tell us what you had? A long time now? ago and a lot of drinks ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember what you have in your bag now? Uh, yeah, actually, I had to use Google before this just because I knew you guys were going to ask me that. So, 
I actually have some newer woods. I got the last year's Stealth Driver and three wood, and then I got a Sim Hybrid, and then I got eight year old PSI Tour irons, and then three like three year old Vokies, and then uh, Spider GT3 from last year. So mixed bag of everything. Mm-hmm. It seems to work for you though. Uh, some days. Some days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very humble. <laughs> I'm surprised one of the brand reps haven't tried to lock you down and get you a a full bag of uh, of their their stuff. Well, I played with Eric yesterday, and he doesn't give me anything for free. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's maybe why you have he to us- listens to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he gives us free stuff, so thank you very much, Eric. Yeah. You're very generous yeah. to us. <laughs> We love TP5s. <laughs> yeah, keep sending them our way, and we'll keep putting them in the bush so yeah. other people can find them. They don't go in the water. They go in the bush so other people can find them. Good advertising, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, you were playing Grand Pines the other week, and I guess threw a few in the bush there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was uh, not well. The driver was uh, not going as straight as I'm sure J-Max do, uh, but... Uh, Managed to get out of there unscathed, but yeah, if you're poking around in the bush there, it's fairly thick. You'll find some 18 over par balls. Yeah, so go to Grand Pines, check them out. You might just find a ball. Might Maybe Mike put a hat in there too. Who knows? I just threw hats in the bushes and, and ball markers. Yeah. <laughs> this, so then J-Mac, was, did you take any lessons at all or how did you get so good? Was it just consistent play? Yeah, so I know I'm going to get some heat for this, but uh, <laughs> I I don't really hit balls even to this day. But to me, like the biggest thing is like I do practice. I just play a lot, right? So instead of going and standing on the range and hitting balls to a field or to a pretend target green, like I find like learning how to score your ball on the actual golf course is a way better practice than actually hitting balls on the range. So I never got a lesson. I never really go to the range. I, I hit three balls at Pine Ridge on the range before putter on Monday because my partner with a cart was out there. So I just walked from the parking lot to there. But <laughs> I just think going out and golfing on the course is just better and you just learn to hit different shots because you're always going to be in a different spot, right? So, How many mm-hmm. times do you typically get out in a year? Uh, I think last year was like 76 or something. So, Not bad. Wow. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm getting close to 20 already, so that's pretty good. Holy Yeah. I guess it's been a pretty good year, though. It's Weather's held up, knock on wood, that yeah. it continues to hold well, up and maybe get a little sprinkle of rain overnight here and there and help uh, think, keep things growing, and we'll be off. Well, I've actually been hailed on twice at Breezy already, so. <laughs> <laughs> Never been hailed on in my life, but this year I've been hailed on twice on the course. And did you keep playing? <laughs> Yeah, we, I was actually playing with Eric one day when we got hailed on. We're on the farthest point of the golf course, dude. Oh, no. Yeah. That could make it tough on the greens. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll attribute it to playing consistently to get out there and doing that, especially taking, you said, five junior tournaments in one year. I mean, yeah, anyone can play good on one day, but you managed to play good on five days throughout that year. I mean, that's that's pretty special. Was there a parent or was there a grandparent that got you involved in the game? Or is it just because your buddies were out there that you picked up uh, a set of sticks? Solely buddies. My parents are not very good. And you might, you guys might see my dad around a cinema and every now and then he's not very good. So what's your dad's name? 
Ken McDonald. Okay, then yes, I can attest to that. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 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 Having worked uh, at the old boneyard there for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we got uh, a few guys, the men's night, and I know Nick Hadge, DQ Nick. Uh, he's a yep. member at Breezy, and also he'll play the men's night there at Assiniboine. And we have AWOC, Adam Walker, our PGA Tour and Live Golf correspondent. Good group. Good group coming back there. I remember that was always a, the nuttiest night of of the week was Thursday nights at Assiniboine. You would get, mm-hmm. I don't even know how many people out. And, and that's the kind of cool thing about being being in a club. And you must have been at Breezy now for how long? When did you start being a member at Breezy? Ooh, I actually don't know that answer, but... It's probably somewhere between 12 to 15 years, something around there. So, Was it just proximity or did they recruit you because you were good? Yeah, it was. I actually went to a Nationals with Garth Collings and with my first Canadian Mid-Am. And he actually said something to me about, why don't you come over to Breezy? It'd be better because there's more guys to play with. Like when I was at Glendale, I'd just really only play with Ryan Cook. And that was it for the most part. Like... Once everyone got older and left Glendale for whatever reasons, and yeah, Garth kind of said, "Why don't you come over? There's more guys to play with." And there is, like right now, there's just tons of guys at Breezy. Glendale's getting back to it. They got a, I think they're in second in putter right now. But yeah, so that was the main reason. Well, I was going to say, who's in first in the in the putter standings? I don't want to talk to you early. It's only week four, so <laughs> still I looked playoffs. it up, but yeah, okay. We don't want to. Uh, we don't want to jinx anything here. Well, it comes up a lot, and we've spoken to a lot of folks who are members at Breezy Bend, and it's you know home of the champions. If uh, I think that's what Corey dubbed it, or someone would have dubbed it there from from Breezy. So, what is it about that just attracts better players? Is it because there are good players there, so you have someone to compete with on a daily basis? Yeah, I think that's the biggest part. And then I think Breezy is very underrated for the difficulty of it. Everyone always says it's so cupcakey and everything. But there's been a lot of changes there. And, like, you have to actually drive your golf ball. So I don't know what everyone talks about when they say Breezy is so easy. Like, I get it. The fourth and sixth hole, like, you can drive it pretty wild. But still, like, that's two holes. Lots of golf courses have two holes that are easy driving holes, right? The rest of it's not easy. Like the back nine at Breezy Bend is probably one of the most underrated nines in the province. Like it's not easy to score. So especially if the wind on any given day is blowing into one direction or not, like it's not easy. So there's bush everywhere. So you've been a staple then for Monday putter for quite some time. Is that one that you book off the calendar every year? You're just like, I'm playing every Monday night. Well, it works out good for me. I work seven to three, so I don't really have to schedule anything special for it. But yeah, I play as much as I can for it. So yeah, I'd hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, having I played it maybe once or twice when I was a junior at Assiniboine, and you know, there's a bit of competitiveness to it. But I, I've, at that point, I didn't really know what competitive golf looked like or felt like. And now it seems like everyone kind of knows everyone that's playing putter. So is there that just must be some competitive juices still flowing, but is it more kind of buddy, buddy? Yeah. Until the playoffs, right? Like <laughs> you might get a little bit, get a little bit more generous with the gimmies in the regular season, just cause it's like, well, we've been lucky this year, but like normally we're playing in 10 degrees and 40 millimeters of rain and it's freezing. And everyone's like, let's get off the golf course, right? It's regular season, but 10 foot. Gimmies. Once the playoffs come, yeah. <laughs> once the playoffs come though, then it gets a little, yeah. 
you'll see the Todd Fannings of the world grind a little harder in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I got a a question. What, and we, this, we probably brought it up before, but we haven't talked Monday putter in a while, but what, what's the format? um, I guess week to week of Monday putter. Yeah. So it's just uh, two man teams or, well, it's actually, it's two on two and there's four matches of that. So, and you play front back and overall. So there's three points in every match and it's just lowest score on every hole for each team. So, no strokes, no handicaps, nothing like that. It's just mono a mono, two men versus two men, and then there's four matches. So twelve points every week. That's fun. That's good. That sounds fun. Yeah. And there's a home course and an away course. So you kind of rotate between. Is there still two groups? Is there a, a group A and a group B for Monday Putter? So they kind of kiboshed the A B this year. They put made it like ten teams in A, I believe it is, and then I think they still have the B division, but it's not. There's no add drop in like in between A and B anymore. And yeah, you play nine matches this year versus seven or whatever in the regular season. So it is what it is, right? It's tough for the private courses. And then there was some not so great courses, right? And like it's tough to get guys to go to those courses and then the food part of it too, right? So, cause some places don't have food service anymore, right? So. Mm-hmm. Got to have that food service. So usually does everyone come back into the clubhouse at the end of it, have a nice meal together and talk shit to one another? Yeah, home. Yeah, the home team, uh, home team uh, normally buys dinner for the away team. So, oh, wow. and then you have a couple pops and watch the Knights beat the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Paul Maurice. <laughs> yeah, the coaches seem to, the the Jets coaches uh, seem to be doing all right. Even mm-hmm. bonus when he came in, he took a team to Stanley Cup, and look, another Jets coach took a team to a Stanley Cup final. It's probably not the coaching. Just going to say, anyways, we've got a little off track there talking Jets. You don't want me to get started on this. <laughs> well, maybe we will. <laughs> Were you, you, well, I was going to say, you must have been part of some of those, uh, the, I'll call it a breezy dynasty of Mundy Putter from 2009 to 2019. I think you guys had, you know, six or seven wins. Yeah, I was there for a bit of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I was there right at the start, but I came in, yeah, it's got to be right around. 2010 or 11 or something like that though but yeah i don't think i was there for the first one for sure well you did mention uh, baseball so you were a baseball player did you play any other sports growing up uh, i don't have the body type to be a soccer player so i didn't play that um <laughs> <laughs> but i actually played uh i only played baseball for like one or two years but i played chiefs the year i like triple a chiefs the one year i did play so what wow. position uh third base for the most part like a Vladdy Guerrero Jr. disciple before they want to move you over to first base so they just worry about your bat. Yeah, and I couldn't run either, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right, right? As long as you yeah, produce, yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Hit him straight and far. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. So, Bryce, could you let us know what the difference is between a RRSP versus a TFSA? Yeah, there's a lot of confusion with these two tools. They're both great, but in a lot of instances, they're they're, they're very opposite of each other. Uh, with a TFSA, you're dealing with post-tax money, uh, meaning you won't get a tax break when you make the initial contribution. But on, on that token, you won't be taxed on any gains that happen inside that tax-free savings account. An RRSP, on, on the other hand, uh, you're dealing with pre-tax money. You do get a tax break uh, when you make that contribution. And however, 
all of the withdrawals that you make will be taxed in the future. So uh, you can grow tax-free in the meantime inside of that uh, structure, but inevitably have to pay taxes to CRA when you draw down that account. Is there a recommendation if you're a newbie investor or someone that's new into wealth management that you suggest to go on one lane or the other, or do you try and do both at the same time? For most young people, a tax-free savings account is probably going to be the tool that you're going to want to maximize first. Uh, The reason for that is most younger people have a lower income or they're going to anticipate having a higher income in the future. So you want to contribute to a tax-free savings account when your income is lower or you anticipate your income is going to be higher in the future. At that same token, you're going to want to save your RSP room uh, until you're in a higher tax bracket. That way, when you are making contributions, it helps offset that higher tax that you're paying and uh, helps reduce your overall tax bill. That was Bryce Malachowski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. Well, kind of touching back uh, on to, to Breezy Bend and, you know, the, the numerous events that uh, they have there throughout the season is starting to get some national events and yourself having played some national events competitively once you realized, hey, you could do it. Was there someone who said, hey, you should come play with me and say the amateur or eventually the mid-amateur? Or was that something like, hey, I want to try my game against the best in the province? Did that, did that come from you or was it someone else? No, that part was mostly me. It wasn't anyone like pushing me to do it or anything. I did that pretty much. I don't know. I mean, I tried to qualify for the amateur when I was like 16 and stuff. So yeah, I pretty much just did it just on my own and then yeah. I think I only missed the cut once and it was at my favorite course and it was at Bell Acres. And yeah, but we won't get into that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened at Bell? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if we want, we can jump into the year of 2018 because that was a stellar year. You ended up getting named the Golf Manitoba Male Amateur Player of the Year. I believe you won the amateur and the mid am that year. That was huge. Did you feel like you couldn't be stopped that year? Or was it just pure luck? Maybe a bit of both. Yeah, and I didn't even know it was the same year, but I looked it up just, again, because you guys sent me the agenda, <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to do some research here. So, yeah, the same year, though, I was actually the one seed in the match play, too. I didn't even know that was the same year. And had a weird incident in the second round that I let a guy, I'm not going to name him, but uh, I let a guy, we look for his ball, look for his ball, and then we never found it, and he actually, we after five minutes we found his ball and he kind of lost it and started throwing clubs and stuff. And I was like, I kind of felt bad because he was younger at the time Mm. and I let him play the ball, even though it should have been lost. And then of course the karma got to me and he tied the hole and then he won on 18. So he knocked me on the second round. So like (laughs) who knows what that year could have been if I didn't, I would have just beat him in that in the second round match in the match play. But, yeah, but yeah, the am and the mid am like Falcon Lake was awesome. Like I didn't lose a ball off the tee, so it's always a good golf course for me. I find if like there's some penalizing bush and everyone else can spray a couple, and then I can keep it relatively straight for the most part. And then yeah, I didn't know I shot three under in both tournaments though. For one, like the Fed Falcon was three under total, and the amateur at Corey Oaks and Glendale was three under total too. So I was like, oh. 
guess you just have to shoot 300 to win in this province. <laughs> Is three your lucky number? I know, but I guess so. <laughs> well, it, in the in the mid-am, it said you won by nine strokes, and then the amateur, uh, you won by eight strokes, so which yeah. was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, that year of the like when I won the am, but none of us went to the Canadian Indian am. It was me then Eric and then Todd and then none of us went to the KM so it just bumped down so like the Willingham Cup team was four five six I didn't even look at who it was but it was just weird that none of the guys in the top three went yes. all the older guys said no so how does that work do, do you get so if you make the Willingham Cup team which uh you know is to nationals do you get funded from Gulf Manitoba to go? Do they cover some of your expenses? Or I'm, I'm assuming you're probably going to have to take vacation time too and, and go out there and play. Well, I should bite my tongue on this one, but uh, <laughs> I don't think the, uh, they only give like 650 bucks now. And the entry fee last time I went to a nationals was 350 bucks. And that's part of the 650. So you're taking a week off and you only get 300 bucks to go. Like, it's not, to me, it's not worth it anymore until you start covering all the fees and everything. But you're taking, like you said, you're taking vacation time, then you're out of pocket a couple of grand just to go to an amateur golf event. And I know last year they started giving a little bit of money to the guys if they had a top finish. But if you come 30th at nationals, you're out three grand for just going to a golf tournament representing your province, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not ideal. You don't no, want to sleep no. in your car or anything like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think my sleep apnea machine would work in my car. <laughs> hey, something you and Mike have in common. <laughs> Get you two in a room and just, uh, oh, just overnight. Those, that would be a great study. Snore fest. <laughs> I actually laughed, laughed myself to sleep one night when we were up at Hecla because I'm like snoring. I just I couldn't believe that. I, Someone could snore that loud and for that long, and I literally laughed myself to sleep. So thank yeah. you for that, Mike. It was nice it's white a, noise. It's a serious condition. I know, uh, I'm so JR. It's, it's very serious. <laughs> I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. I snore sometimes too, but that was next level. I actually saw J-Mac at one of our uh, sleep apnea groups, and we console each other. Uh, but usually everyone's asleep. Uh, halfway into it, but <laughs> bad joke. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the, the trophy, the amateur. What do you? What is the amateur trophy called? Or you just? Yeah, I'm the wrong guy to ask. <laughs> I should. I should have looked that up. My yeah. question was though. Uh, you know how many beers fit in the Am Trophy? Not many because it leaks. <laughs> <laughs> but it was attempted. <laughs> yeah. You got to drink them fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the Not Auto Corp. I don't know what it is now, but I know Not Auto Corp yeah. is a, a major what? sponsor of that, the amateur. I, I forget what the actual trophy itself is called. Yeah. You can Google that, mm-hmm. listeners. If you're yeah. listening, Google it right now. Yeah. We can put a, a link to Google in our in our link tree. <laughs> yeah. Get some referral well, fees I, from that. You were talking about the match play that year, but it, I thought it's, I thought I read you meddled in the match play that year. Does that uh, ring a bell or? Well, maybe because I uh, maybe because I uh, medalist like I was the medalist in the qualifying. Oh, okay. I was a low qualifier. 
But yeah, I definitely didn't. I didn't do anything that great. I can't. I lost in the second round. So. Well, Mike and I can attest. Nice guys finish last. So you. That's what you get for being nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but still, a stellar year can't take away from what you did that year, and knowing that you're up that many strokes and not even knowing what you finished at when you're on the golf course playing, are you thinking about anything? Are you aware of what's going on? Or are you just worried about the next shot? Uh, well, the amateur, I was definitely, uh, knowing where I was at because Eric and I came one, two in the end, but we both got off to horrid starts in the, <laughs> in the last round. We actually looked at each other. I think it was after the third or fourth hole. And we were like, what are we doing out here? Like we got to get it together. Or we're not, neither one of us are going to win. Like, and yes, I know I won by eight or whatever, but it was not looking good at the start. <laughs> How do you compose yourself then when that happens? Not the normal way because you're not allowed to drink in golf at all events. So. Wow. The same year you, uh, you played in the gray owl. And you finished second. Is that a is that a tournament that you play regularly? I didn't, you know, I came second, but yeah, uh, I played like three or four times. Mm-hmm. It's just a tough. Like, it's also getting expensive, right? Like, I look this year, it's like two hundred seventy bucks or something, and like I don't have a cabin out there, so then you got to rent a cabin, and, and like they know it's the Gray Owl weekend, right? So yeah, yeah. it's getting everything is getting expensive, right? So yeah, you need a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> amateur sponsor hey well you can well, go hit up our link tree give us a tip and we'll forward it to jmac there you go we'll exactly 50 50 exactly and that for our listeners the gray owls uh an annual tournament out at uh, clear lake golf course and uh, is it just a stroke play event yes two rounds just stroke play they have flights and everything like i think it's 16 guys go in the championship flight then there's seniors and everything but Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you come top 60. But you play on different days, too, which is kind of quirky, right? So, like, you can play on fr- you can play Friday and Sunday if you want to get in the championship, or you can play Saturday Sunday. So certain guys could get totally different weather on Friday versus Saturday, right? So Right. Right. And then the other tournament out there, the popular one, is the Tamarack. Have you played in the Tamarack? No, never played the Tamarack. Which, which is that a – I think it's like a match play – event that's like a week long yeah so i am not 100 percent on this whatsoever but i think you play one or two rounds stroke play then you get flighted again into a group of 16 maybe and then you play match play from there but yeah it's week long and the draining <laughs> my, my liver can't handle that stuff anymore <laughs> right right one one year we'll have to try, Jr. Maybe next year. Yeah, I know because it seems like our schedules are getting booked up too, and just trying to t- find some time away. Uh, it, would, uh, it would be awesome though, because I remember working at a Cinnaboyne. There was a group from a Cinnaboyne that would go there every year, and it just seemed like everyone aged about ten years when they came back after that. So I'm like, this seems like it's a pretty good tournament. I might want to mm-hmm. go up there and and play. They seem like they have a lot of fun, and they did some fishing because yeah. obviously fishing is another th- great thing to do while you're up there. Yeah, and lawn bowling. Don't uh, mm. don't sleep on the lawn bowling when you're at Clear Lake. That's a tip from uh, my travel guide. <laughs> Mike's got a lot of a lot of crib notes for the golf course. I do, and for lawn bowling now. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, and then related to the the amateur championship, 
did you get uh, a sponsor exemption to the Players Cup now named the uh, Canada Rail Car Manitoba Open? We can just call it Manitoba Open. open. <laughs> yeah, it's easier. <laughs> yeah, I played with uh, Andrew Steep and Shifley for two rounds. Didn't play the greatest, but yeah, it was good. Was yeah, that one was... of the largest crowds you played in front of? Yeah, like on the second day, I think it was. It was pretty good. And the first round was hilarious because they had the, like, I can't remember what they're called, but they had the kids out there. And they're out there obviously to watch Shifley. They weren't out there to watch Steeper and I. But uh, I fanned a six iron into the right bunker on the first hole. I'm pretty sure I doubled it. But as soon as I hit it, it was blocked. I never had a chance. And the kid, one of the kids goes, good shot. And I'm like, what? It's <laughs> in the middle of bunk. <laughs> Turn into Happy Gilmore out there. But you're yeah. like, oh, no, wait yeah. a minute. Can't throw this six iron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not in front of the uh, the club pro steeper yeah. and, uh, and Mark Scheifele. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have set the was tone, it? though, I think. Would have set the tone for the yeah. round for sure. Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. Was it uh, more exciting playing with Shifley or, or Steeper? I was. Uh, I played tons of golf with Steeper, so it was good. And yeah, Shifley was just out there doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. He was taught chit chat with us a little bit and everything, but yeah, he was. He actually was playing pretty good on the second round. I think he, he had a birdie putt. I don't know if he made it or not, but I think he had a birdie putt to go to one under through six holes or something in the second round. Jeez. Yeah, he was playing all right. Like you guys have played Southwood, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that 11th hole, the par three over the water. Yes. Mm-hmm. He flagged it both days. Like just hit pistol irons like 10 feet both days. I was like, no way. okay. Pretty, wow. I was like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> the life of a I'm professional athlete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm sure that kid, though, whatever you hit was probably like, good shot. No matter what happened yeah. out there. Just flared in those bunkers on the right. <laughs> That's where I usually am. Yeah. It's a, it's a safe place. Yeah. Better than the water. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some water out there. They got some fescue and they got some sand. A lot of bunkers there at uh, at the old, uh, old Southwood. Well, even playing in, in that championship or moving to some of the, the national championships, uh, did you get out to many national championships? Yeah, I've played quite a few. I've played numerous mids, but I don't know how many Canadian hams, probably five-ish. I don't know. I tough to keep track anymore, but yeah, i played quite a few mids, though. Mm, do you like the mid-am better or the amateur better? Mid all day. Just more. Like, I know it's down to 25 now, but it's just a better environment. Not as many guys think they're still going to be Tiger Woods, so go back to the house or whatever, have a couple drinks with the guys or the hotel and have a couple drinks with the guys, just a better overall vibe. And when you're on the course, it's not as uptight with kids throwing clubs and stuff. Like the last Canadian am I went to, I missed the cut. It was at ambassador. I think I missed by one or something that's in Windsor, but uh, I was watching Ryan Schuldice play and he's playing with a bunch of juniors that throwing clubs at their dad's feet and stuff like that. And I'm like, thank God I didn't get paired with one of these guys or I Oh, that would attest my patience. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it was probably that uh, kid from Southwood who said, good shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he knew you were going there. 
Yeah. So what are you playing in this year? Do you have uh, your golf schedule lined up for this year? Are you playing in, in any championships? As of right now, I'm not playing anything. The only thing I might play is the mid-am. That is a hard maybe, though. Hard maybe. Why is that? If you're such a good player, why? The whole <laughs> golf Manitoba thing. Like mm-hmm. Ryan Scholdice won the Manitoba mid last year. Got nothing. Braxton Braxton wins the KM or wins the KM. Wins the Manitoba M. You got nothing. Like you win their events. You're, everyone's like this year everyone's paying two hundred and seventy bucks. So you got eighty guys going in the mid am. They win the tournament and they get nothing. Just doesn't make sense. And especially if you're only giving six hundred and fifty bucks back to the players, like for each three guys, like where's the transparency on where the money's going? That's my biggest issue. So mm-hmm. I I just think the money needs to come back to the players a little bit and stop just keeping it or blindly spending it on yeah, who knows. But yeah, sponsoring podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. That's, hey, that's fine. Honestly, <laughs> get exposure, right? And then you get advertising. Like, exactly. Coach, yeah. yeah. Uh, imagine they're, uh, yeah, get some sponsors, throw in some, I guess there is a limit on how much money an amateur can win. I don't know what that is, but it is a, you know, it's a thousand or two thousand dollars or. Yeah, they upped it recently. Yeah. yeah. But we, we learned that from the, uh, uh, the Prairie Scratch Tour. They were giving away some money. In their Correct. events. Yeah, yeah. Are you playing in any of those? I know you've probably been courted by them. Yeah, I played one last year and it's just, I don't know, like, like I'm pretty lazy now. Like I just want to golf at breezy and like lots of their events are out of town. And the one that's in town is at, as I mentioned earlier, bell acres. So <laughs> I just, yeah, I'd rather just sit at breezy and sit on the patio after a round of golf. So hey, it's not what, against the, yeah, nothing. And what a patio they have. Yes. Yeah. I think number we should get some more passes. Yeah, number one. Hey, you know what? Yeah, we should do that. We'll rank the patios in golf. We'll, ask for, we'll ask for complimentary <laughs> drinks at each one just so we can test them out. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do our list. Everyone will be tied for first depending on how many beverages they supply us and how many rounds of golf they choose to supply us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just gave it away. I gave it away. Damn it. Shouldn't um, have said anything. Ah, oh, well. We take bribes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, well, the midams at Pine Ridge this year, and then uh, the 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 am the am is at Oak Island. Our friends from Oak Island, so yeah, I'd probably uh, you guys go out there, get a cabin, or you could camp all weekend too. And uh, that'd be uh, I've tried to camp and golf, and the back does not uh, is not uh, like that. That's for sure. But yeah, it's a beautiful course. That's what I've heard. I heard it's fantastic. It's just. Yeah, I'm not camping playing a tournament because I've had some bad experiences camping, as I'm sure everyone has, and that's not happening. No, no. But I'm sure they got some hotels out there in, uh, was it Verdon, uh, just north there. And they we they had some lovely cabins we had rented one time at Oak Island. So You could stay in the dugout that Des Coop from Oak Island built. That's just right. There. <laughs> the baseball diamond that he built. <laughs> <laughs> my as you see mike's thinking about it now he's like oh, I, wonder if I, could. I wonder if i could stay there yeah <laughs> feel the dreams gotta love it build it and they will come <laughs> yeah and then the match plays at glendale i mean you've had some success there yeah I've, i think i have five club championships there 
But yeah. Wow. Again, I didn't sign up. I got a wedding. I got I mentioned I'm Ryan Schulte. He says his wedding this Saturday, so that's when the qualifier is. Right. Yeah, right. so for, for Breezy, well, go ahead, Mike, and then we'll jump into Breezy. Your well, uh, sorry, you mentioned the qualifier for the match play, but reel it back to the Cinderella story of 2015. Do you, you recall that? So you missed qualifying for the match play by one stroke, and then for whatever reason, there was a few people that dropped out, um, and then you, you went on to win the match play. Yeah, so I think it was one person pulled out, and then we had to play a three-for-one playoff at – Elmhurst two hours before the actual match took place. Oh, wow. So it was, <laughs> so it was myself, uh, Derek Solomon, I believe, and Mark Tokel from Brandon. And Mark Tokel drove all the way <laughs> two hours. And we played the first hole at uh, Elmhurst, and I hit it to like a foot. Nice. <laughs> and just, just buried the first hole at Elmhurst. And then, yeah, it's like, Oh, nice two-hour drive, Mark, but sorry. <laughs> it was a one hole? Yeah, well, because it was three for one, and it wasn't 18 holes. It was like we literally had to go, whoever won the playoff had to go over and oh, wow. off in like an hour and a half or whatever after we teed off to play the first match against the one seed. Yeah. That's uh, that's <laughs> funny. That's that's quite the situation. And then, and that's a, how many day event is, is that? That's like... 16, 8, I think it's five matches you have to win, to, so five more days to win. Wow, that's kind of a marathon in itself. Yeah, right. I got I got an ace that day too. I'm nice. seven at Pine Ridge. Whoa. Wow. Well, that's all right. Did you have to buy a bunch of rounds then? No, because, uh, well, I hope he doesn't listen, but uh, I beat Devin Shade, the one seed, oh. seven and six. <laughs> so we were done way before everyone. <laughs> so you just ran? <laughs> yeah. I'm out oh, of here. I stayed. I stayed for a bit and then <laughs> no one was done. So then I left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a move. That's awesome. Power move a, right there. What Just a set, story. Yeah. <laughs> setting the tone for the rest of the, the rest yeah. of the bracket. Yeah. That'll be our first 18 over par documentary mini series is the 2015 match play championship. <laughs> yeah. Just call it 33 seed. <laughs> perfect um, we'll get some shirts made up 33 it'll just, yeah, it'll be two hours of driving and then five minutes of golf and that's it <laughs> you want to know what it takes to compete <laughs> you yeah. gotta drive all the way just to get beat in one hole that's bad well all right i mentioned breezy bend again and the amount of competition that's there have you won any club championships at breezy Oh, the boys will love this. Oh, no, I have not. <laughs> Maybe I've they told me to leads. ask that question. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had a few leads, and uh, that OB on left on uh, 18's uh, seen a few J-Mac balls. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> They're riling you up, and now it's in your head, isn't it? Yeah, and the one time I didn't, I think I lost like a three-hole playoff with Alan, Alan McDonald. We both played pretty good too. I think I shot sixty-seven the last round, and he shot sixty-nine or seventy or something. And yeah, he won a three-way playoff or not three-way, three-hole playoff. Do you participate? So the one time I didn't hit OB, <laughs> but still, no, no cake for you. Uh, we we heard yeah. about the horse, the horse race. There was it EJ oh, or yeah. Johnson talked about that. Do you participate in that? Yeah, only see I can win that though. I think I'm the only guy to win it twice. Oh, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we started it, I don't know how many years ago, but uh, we play a, just a shootout, 
basically. It's grown to like 16 people now, I think. And yeah, we just do that. On, so we play our Saturday round. We're always first off at club championship. Start at 7 or 6.30 in the morning and then go to Greg Corbett's uh, parents' pool for a while. They got a nice property out in Henley and then no beverages are consumed or anything. Then we all show up back uh, dead sober and uh, play a shootout at like 6 o'clock at night or whatever. That's it's awesome. Oh, and yeah, then Corey's got for the listeners, like, uh, you know, I didn't know what a horse race was until probably like two years ago, but yeah, basically what 16 guys tee off on, on the first hole. And then, uh, how do you get eliminated? I guess whoever, you know, there'll be a bunch of guys that birdie and whoever doesn't birdie they're out or how's it, how do you use it work? High score. So the guys with the highest score are out. Okay. So, just, so like, yeah, just so it'd be like, if there's 16, like the easiest way to explain it is if you just did it with 10 guys, right. Yeah. And there's nine holes, it would just be the highest score gets eliminated every hole. Right. Okay. So then you need to have two guys going down the last hole. Mm-hmm. But I think we changed it that we have three going down the last hole. So I think Corey massages the numbers to like have three going down the last or something. But so you knock off when you have 16, you just knock off two at the start. Right. So. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah. What a, what a blast and how much chaos that would be, but. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and then Corey's got his cooler of booze driving around, how organized and there's people out watching members stay to watch it and everything. And he's got entrance music for all of us now too. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Just, <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he, Corey invited us, me and JR out there uh, last year to, to spectate, I think. And we had, I mean, fortunately we had something going on, but uh, yeah, we'll have to maybe try and spectate that this year. Uh, I can tell you the date right now. I got a calendar right in front of me. Uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> it will be July 29th, I believe. Oh, I think I'm okay. Yeah, nice. July 29th. Saturday, July 29th. We'll have to we'll have to bring the the tents and and uh, tents up in the parking lot, or maybe uh, tents oh, yeah. in you Nick's uh, yard over there. And there's a pair of mutual and everything. Oh, I like that. Oh. So that's you pick. Uh, you pick a horse basically, and you can bet on them. And if you win, you get the pot. That's that's what it is. Yeah, and yeah, and it all it's all scaled by how much people bet on who, right? So, well, funny enough, I was I've been putting in some work with Pro Zach Zach Thompson, who we had on last season. He played in the states. Played professionally in the states, and he mentioned that one of the clubs he was at in Vegas. He was a plus handicap at the time, and he was playing with a guy who was a, a single-digit handicap, like pretty close to scratch. And so usually when you're doing a pair of mutual and there's a big field, you're usually going to pick a higher handicapper. And he's like, well, what happened is for their pair of mutual is you could pick one group and only one group only, and then they auctioned it off. And he said his mm-hmm. team to win went for $2,700, and they ended up winning. And so some guy walked away with 2700 bucks plus whatever the pot was betting on yeah. his team. Like, that's crazy. I'm like, I would spend $5 betting on you, Mac. That is it. That's, that's the, my limit for, for betting on either a team or a person to win. And it'd be a horrid bet because it'd probably pay two fifty when you got it back. So <laughs> it's, I've heard it's quite the spectacle though. So that alone would be, would be uh, worth it. I know danger. Dave is not good enough to play in it, but maybe uh, I'll, I'll bust him down there. Cause he lives close by too. And we'll go there just to watch the festivities. Because even was there fireworks last year? No, I don't oh, think okay. maybe. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to say it, but normally I'm pretty 
snap by the end of it. Oh. So don't really remember. <laughs> Uh, all right, so good to know. Don't bet on J Mac. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one to win it twice, though. <laughs> uh, well, I, I only had a couple more there, Mike. Did you have uh, any more on the slot? Not, uh, not really. No, have at it. Okay, well, for for me, when Mike and I, you know, we're we're doing this podcast, and while we have some great players on, we always like to. I guess squeeze your brain a little bit to get some of that juice into our game. Is there anything you can, you can suggest for say players like us for mid handicappers were 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 hovering around there. Any suggestions or suggestion to help us improve our game? That will put me on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like the two biggest things I play with some guys that are higher handicaps on Tuesdays, normally a breezy for quite often. And it's, uh, I think the biggest mistake I see, well, one, it's not for them, but everyone just needs to play appropriate tees, right? Like you want to give yourself birdie putts, right? It's not, it's not about how far you hit it or anything. It's about making the game enjoyable and giving yourself chances to make birdies. Right. So, and then the second thing would be every high handicapper for the most part is always short. They think they hit it farther than they really do. Right. Like if you watch, like, I know sometimes you guys are going to hit it over the green and stuff like that. Right. But if you, if you watch them on their iron shots, it's like, they're always short for the majority. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Take an extra yeah. club. I think we were talking about that, Mike, weren't we? Or maybe I was playing with someone else, but I'm like, you know what? You want to hit a seven? Ah, maybe take a six. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Well, I've, I've certainly heard it before and my greens and regulation are about two every round. So, uh, that that's probably why. <laughs> but are you short normally or are you long? Short. Oh yeah. Short or, or right. <laughs> <laughs> working on but, that though. Working on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh always yeah. Working on that. Always. Uh, well, I'm always working on it, but it goes back to the point and I love the quote and we touched on it earlier, your quotes from like the free press and some of the media stuff from after winning the am is I quote, I haven't hit one range ball all year. I'm not going to change this. <laughs> like I, I, I got the note, the Alan Iverson of golf. You talk about practice. We talk about practice, but, but you know, like, so you're, you're practicing on the course, which I love because I haven't been to the range this year. I'm not a range guy. I think, uh, I, I think it's boring and I can't, I can't visualize uh, you know, the golf course when I'm at the range, you know, what am I practicing? You know, I probably could talk to a pro and they could, you could, they could give me some sort of practice routine and, you know, um, have purpose to it. But so are you just playing the, the course or are you, would you go out, like you said, when you were younger and, you know, maybe play some different shots or hit, would you hit a few balls or, you know, you know, would you play practice rounds like that? Or you're just playing, regular golf like i think it's good to play different tees too right so like when i play with the putter guys on weekend mornings and if i ever play with them during the week or whatever we play blacks like ej and i played men's night last night we played blues right and then sometimes i play on with that tuesday group i mentioned we play white blue white combos at breezy right so you're always getting different shots practicing different like you're not getting in the same spot if you're playing different tees right so right. yeah that makes sense i imagine there's a lot of people that just play the same tees uh yeah you know every time they go out yeah but, and yeah. that's why someone's sort of 
neologist playing at a, you know, I'm not a member anywhere. So I'm playing a bunch of different courses. So I'm getting a bunch of different looks all the time. But if you're, if you're playing the same course frequently, uh, yeah, it would be a good idea to play different tees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, like, it's just different. Like even if it's for your wedges, right. If it's a 60 yard pitch shot versus a 90 yard, right. You know what I mean? Like it's just, they're different shots. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I will give another shout out to Breezy having played it, as I mentioned earlier in the show. Great shape. The greens are lightning fast. It was scary putting on that, and I didn't have a single one, but I burned the edge a couple times. But I was just blown away by how really the whole course is in great condition. Uh, they're making some changes to some of the holes out there, I believe, 15 and 7. So 7, the short par 3, where Danger Dave got a hole in one last year. Uh, they changed that up because they said, well, if Danger Dave's getting hole-in-ones, this hole's way too easy. <laughs> so they had to make it more challenging so he can't burn one along the right-hand side and miss the water. It seems like the water stretched out a little bit. Then on, yeah, is it 15, the, the par 5? It used to just be yep. pretty much straight away. Nothing really to worry about. The water really is creeping up there on 15 on the right-hand side. So it's going to be interesting when all is is said and done, but uh, shout out to the, the greens crew. There are the whole staff at Breezy. They are great. And yes, we will take some more free passes, Corey. Thank you. <laughs> and maybe a sandwich or, or something. I had the cod and onion rings and it was delicious. J-Mac, you got a favorite? Clubhouse is always a go-to. Good. Just got to make sure you don't get the uh, extra bread. You know, you got to watch your figure. So <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. Got to stay trim. <laughs> you can go see Prozac. He'll get you into shape. Yeah. Shout yeah. Out to you guys looked like you were working out pretty hard. There. I wasn't expecting to do much. I'm like, listen, I'm, I can't move my hips properly. I want to be more mobile. And then all of a sudden he's kicking the shit out of me. I'm like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't yeah, ask for this, but uh, working, uh, I did. I'm, working I'm the traps there pretty hard yesterday. Yeah, well, it's helping me turn. I didn't. So you and I are both similar golfers. We have a shorter swing, and it doesn't seem like we can turn our hips as much. So I'm learning to turn my hips more, and my swing is getting longer. And so yeah. I literally I picked up. For, I've been working with him for about a month, a month and a half. Plus, I've been doing some other fit for golf stuff. But I added about ten yards. Added about ten yards off the tee. And my irons, um, usually if I was hitting a, a seven, I would hit an eight now. So I'm trying to, trying to figure in a that month? out. In a month? That's pretty good. Yeah, well, I, I shouldn't say well, I've been doing fitness for golfs for ugh, probably six months now. They just really focused oh, on okay. increasing that mobility. I've gone to physio. And then, of course, Prozac, he's in town, lives close to me. He's like, yeah, just come over. We'll try a couple things out. And the next thing you know, 10 sessions later and... Uh, here I am, but I've really noticed that, yeah, I can move my hips more and that's huge because I would just stand still. I would more sway as opposed to rotate my body uh, and my hips. And yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good. Nice. Yeah. So that's shout awesome. out to, yeah. Shout out to Prozac. Shout out to Prozac. He's got hats. We got to trade him hats. Anyways, do you want to jump into the back nine lightning round? Yeah. You're talking about those lightning fast greens and we can get back <laughs> into the, uh, the lightning round. All right, let's jump into the back nine lightning round. It is for Bryce Malachowski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. You also hear him, I think it's every other day on CGOB. You hear him giving him uh, giving a market update on what's giving the market updates. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even pay attention to the market. I just give my money to Bryce and then he, uh, he makes it grow. 
just like your uh, yardage there, JR. Right. <laughs> but uh, he, he, he plays out of uh, St. Chuck's there. I, mm-hmm. I did hear some news that the McKenzie 9 might be opening uh, before maybe mid-June or uh, at least by the end of June. I'll have to respond to his text for him getting us out there to play with uh, right. Curtis, Curtis and himself. <laughs> yeah. And then I think they'll, they'll be starting the, uh, the Ross nine renovation shortly after that, I, I guess. So we got to get it in there right in between. <laughs> exactly. The one week where it's, you can play North South, uh, J Mac. Oh, I, I screwed that one. up. I was going to say, do you got a nickname, but obviously J Mac, <laughs> J Mac, do you got a real name? <laughs> yeah justin mcdonald but lots of people also call me fathead so that's what you guys were talking about the hats before yeah <laughs> uh, we actually we got we got a lot of people we know that have a larger head mm-hmm. trying given one to blair mooney of team lefty and not gonna fit on that melon no i and i was trying to source some like larger hats you can get like double xl triple xl flex fits but uh hard to come by i guess uh so gmac uh yeah i've got some some quick questions here uh we touched on this one earlier have you ever got a hole in one yeah the only one i have is the match play pine ridge on hole seven wow nice nice to get it in competition as well yeah it was nice we didn't even actually know it went in we were uh it was a back left pin, so it's kind of like sheltered on that hole. And Shade and I both hit it right at the stick. And we got up there. There was one in the back bunker. And we didn't actually look in the hole at first. And then we looked in the hole. And I had J-Mac on my ball, and it was actually sticking up when we won't look in the hole. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Uh, what type of ball would that have been? What would be your preferred ball or model that you play with now? Well, I would say it was TP5, or it was a tailor-made ball at the time, but I honestly have no idea. I use the TP5s now, though. That's awesome. Yeah, they're nice. Do you use the picks at all, or just the the rigs? No, no, no. I'm not a picks guy. (laughs) Picks guy. (laughs) A clubhouse sandwich and a regular TP5. Yeah. (laughs) What uh, is, you, you might have a, Bias answer to this one. Uh, what would be your most favorite course to play in Manitoba? Ooh, not biased. Uh, I think uh, Granite Hills is still like the best course to play in Manitoba, even though I played terribly in the Midtown last year. <laughs> it's just you don't get the, those views anywhere else, right? Like, yeah. it's just awesome. And again, another course where you can play a whole bunch of different tees, and it's a totally different golf course, right? So. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get out to Granite. You got a bucket list course in Manitoba that you've never got out to that, that you really want to get to? I've played quite a few, even in the other towns. Like, but I guess, like, probably Oak Island, I guess, because, like, everyone says it's awesome and I've never played it, but because I played pretty much everything else that I can think of in the province, I think. So, I mean, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like Lake, Lake of the Sand Hills by the U.S. border there. I played that, like, I pretty much played everything else. So, mm-hmm. wow, awesome! Yeah, Oak Island. I know it's it's becoming. It's not no no longer a hidden gem, especially with the Am being there this year. 
Well, I don't, I can't say that the, their claim to fame or they got famous from that. I was more so say they got famous from uh, advertising on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they sure did. Now they don't need to advertise anymore because they're so busy. <laughs> um, what would be the most memorable course that you've ever played, in your Ooh. opinion? Victoria Golf Club is unbelievable in BC. So we played it for a Canadian Mid-Am, and there was weather, there was everything. The course, I believe, is 6,200 yards from the tips, and over par won the tournament. And that was only like four or five years ago. Like technology was around, everything. And it just showed like if you put small greens, rough, make it firm, that technology still can't win, right? So it was an mm-hmm. it was unbelievable how good it was and the greens were insane. I made an eight one day and I hit the green and red. So <laughs> oh, gosh. oh man. Smokes. Yeah, it's awesome though. Like there was a we were playing because I was in the team part of it. So they're like, they always put the teams last on day two or whatever. And Garrett rank. We hadn't made a bogey in the first 30 holes, I believe it was. And he played the last six and five over because there was mist and wind and everything blowing in a storm off the ocean. There was a 110 yard par three that I hit four iron on. Oh, like wow. it was. Wow. Yeah. That might be the second time that's mentioned. I don't know if it was Spearsy, Adam Spears, Maybe Robert Spears. Someone else mentioned, yeah, Victoria right up there. Yeah, it's awesome. We'll have to go back and listen to season one. <laughs> well, we, we listen to every single one. <laughs> so we can count our studios and count our condiments. Oh, we got to find, like, uh, maybe somebody can can find this for us. Like, a, there must be some sort of AI thing that, We'll listen to the audio and then make like a, a transcript of everything we there say, are, yeah. and then yeah, and then we can uh, we can search it. Yeah, there certainly is, but you got to pay for it, and yeah, don't want to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can get a we can get a transcript sponsor. Maybe somebody wants to sponsor that part of it. Uh, what would be your bucket list course? Number one bucket list anywhere in the world that you that you want to get out to? Well, it'd be Augusta. Augusta every day, like just the one time, like being able to play Augusta would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, beyond Augusta, I'm not the biggest Pebble Beach fan, to be honest with you, but uh, probably something overseas like St. Andrews or something. But mm-hmm. I haven't really thought about that. Yeah, I don't know. Probably St. Andrews or something, just for the history of it all. Like. Do you do any golf yeah, trips throughout the year? Sorry? Do you do any golf trips throughout the year? No, I don't really. Like, the only time I really traveled for golf uh, was national events, and I've gone to Vegas a couple times and golfed, and you know, that's different golf, as you can imagine. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never golfed in Vegas yet, but uh, they got some nice courses out that way, and I'm sure it would be a... A blast, and I'm not sure how composed I would be uh, playing, but sure. Look up the Vegas Baby Pro M. Vegas Baby Pro M. Oh, okay. Look it up. We'll have to look that up. Did you play in it? Oh, yeah. We had three teams from Breezy. Like Corey went with a team of four guys. Then Chris, our pro, went with four guys. And then our old assistant pro, he's not there anyways, at Royal Montreal. 
we were on his team and four of us were on his team. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. But it's rough. Like you had to be on the bus at like seven thirty every day. What? Not good. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Is it four days or two days? I think it's like, yeah, I think it's like four days. Oh, that's a shift. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not easy. Oh yeah. Well, we'll add that one to our, yes. uh, our list. <laughs> yeah. We'll try and petition yeah. to move it to at least eight. Get on the bus at eight, not seven. Yeah. Three. We'll have to find some, I guess we'll have to find a pro that is willing to bring us. We don't know any pros. Um, your uh, next one here, your career low round and where, not necessarily even in competition. I shot 63 at Breezy a few times. Wow. I wow. can't remember anywhere else. Yeah. I wonder what the course record at Breezy is. I feel like we asked that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's like 62, I think it is, but I don't really know. There was, it's so tough because like there was like, and there was a lower score, but then they changed all those holes and everything. And then now it's, I don't remember what it is, but they lost the plaque. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Corey's been there for 60 years, so he should remember. <laughs> Shout out to Corey, general manager, Breezy yeah. Bend. <laughs> 20 hour workday, Corey. Yeah, he's yeah. always buzzing around there. Like he was in the bar. He was on the course when I was there. I'm like, are there two? Like, does he have a twin? He's everywhere. Yeah, it's wild. Um, well, there's my wild card. I, I've been told you're a, a very fast golfer. Is that an accurate statement? And and how quickly can you play 18 holes? Well, yeah, I would say that's fairly accurate. I don't like to waste time. And I think when we were playing, a uh, good example would be COVID when we had to play our uh, sweet rules of COVID and had to play by ourselves. Uh, mm. I think I whipped around breezy walking in like an hour and 15 or something. Whoa. So, wow. That sucks. That's cool. How? Yeah. How does that happen? Well, if you're not looking in the bush, helps too, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that'd be one shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and JR had a pretty slow round there, uh, when we were there for a, a media uh, uh, event yeah. for the, uh, was it the Canadian women's amateur? Yes. Um, no, that was last year. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We did a little uh, press day. So we got a media media day, and Corey uh, invited us down, and yeah, slowed down the course for everyone. So you're welcome. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's your yeah. blood boiling. It's like, is those assholes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a regular day. It's a regular day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our flagship question of the back nine lightning round: What is your favorite? Condiments. Oh, wow. I don't even know. I don't really. Whatever goes on a clubhouse. I think we would accept a, a, a wide range of options, whether it be sauces or, or toppings yeah. or. 
Yeah, probably ketchup. I throw it on everything pretty much. But I do put hot sauce on stuff too, so ketchup. Hot sauce is trending now too. Have you ever done the spicy ketchup? No. No. I don't like it super hot though. Like I can only handle a little bit. Oh, okay. All right. Because, yeah, we've heard uh, hot sauces creeping up there. We had sriracha last week, and then some hot sauces have come up. Robbie Mack, big hot sauce guy, but University of New Mexico, understandably so. Levy from Team Lefty, hot sauce guy. I like my hot sauces. Mike likes his Alan McDonald makes, Yeah, Alan McDonald makes his own. Really? Well, he's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. He's, yeah. Uh, Eric Johnson tried some of it, too. Like, got a jar from Alan, and he yeah, said it's pretty good. Does he sell it out of the back of his vehicle at Breezy there? I don't know where <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on our link tree. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get uh, an Alan McDonald hot sauce. That'd yeah. be great. We won't put it on our hats. We'll put it on the link tree. <laughs> that's all I got. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that was the uh, back nine lightning round for Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. You can also find his info in our link tree. Just go to our bio section of our social media channels. Click that link. And the link tree will come there. And it looks very, very pretty. Even Mike likes it. If Mikey likes it, then it's got to be worth something. Mm-hmm. J-Mac, this was awesome. We really appreciate you coming on. Like we said, it uh, three seasons in the making. Danger Dave said, got to get this guy on Corey. Got to get this guy on Chris. Got to get this guy on. And eventually we listened and we found a time to to connect. So we really appreciate you taking the time and joining our show and have yourself a wonderful evening. Thanks again. Good night. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. (laughs) 